Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 304. We're having fun. Hopefully you are too. Well, if you're not now, you will be by the end of the next hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) And time will fly just like that when you are having fun because Mm -hmm. we talk about a lot of shit, but it always seems like we ain't talk about anything. I know. it's We're pretty awesome like that. Spoke about Avengers and the weird story that's going on within that. Sure. I talked about Brave and the Bold. Talked about some Infinity with a lot of stones, gem talk, and history of that. Yeah, so Tony talked a lot about that. Some Black Black Panther (laughs) numbers and some funny things going on with Wakanda, Illinois. Yeah, and Marvel's... Stupidity. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Infinity to stupidity. (laughs) That should have been... I was going to say, god damn it! That could have been the name of this episode. But no, uh, also sad about other things within town. So with that, I guess you're going to have to listen to this whole podcast or the beginning to find out what that means. Figure out what we're talking about right now. You're going to have to listen to the fucking podcast. (laughs) So please grab a beer and enjoy Drunken Comics Podcast, episode 304, A River Ruins Through It. Lots of things. <laughs> I don't know. Transition has been flooded rivers. Yes. So, which is snow plus rain plus warm temperatures. Yeah. So all the above made the Grand River that flows through Grand Rapids to historic levels, actually. We beat the ones uh, from, from a couple years ago. A couple years ago. I was wondering why there was no big rush to like fill sandbags and stuff. That's because they were smart then and invested $15 million to help it out more. Yeah. However... That doesn't help Downriver, where our ballpark is, and the giant West Michigan Winter Beer Festival is going to be held. It is the beer festival. There are people that fly in from out of the country. There are oh. people that flew up from, De- or not Detroit, Texas, that wow. my friends knew. We are Beer City, USA. Yes. And what is great is they are given full refunds. They postponed it to next weekend, but I have my giant charity uh, auction mm. that I'm a part of. I can't go during the day and show up drunk when right. I'm escorting the ladies down the runway, so I can't go now. And because of that, me and some friends decided we were going to do our own beer tour. We started at Seven Monks, uh, had your mom on toast, and that was, or no, French toast, your mom on French toast, mm. then CBS there, then from there I can't remember half the drinks that I got, but... <laughs> The all the bars were if you had your tickets were giving dollar off pints and everything, right, which, which is awesome. Because I sold mine, but I haven't given them to my friends yet, so I still have my tickets. Nice. So I took advantage of this weekend. Went to Thornapple uh, Brewery. Where's Thornapple Brewery? It's Twenty Eighth Cascade. Oh, area. okay, yeah. Then Brass Rings. That's over there too, right? No, nah, that's more Elger Heights. Oh, I mean, for people listening outside of uh, the. Grand Rapids Metro Market. Yeah, I normally don't travel outside the city limits. (laughs) Then we went to Arctos Meadery. Then we went to Grey Line. And then we went back and finished at Founders. But 
right. I got drunk, but I also <laughs> spent like probably 80, 90 bucks. Right. Because all these places. But the metery in particular, I've wanted to go to for a while. Well, yeah. It's I right off, off the highway, too. So every time I drive past Across it... the highway is the train tracks. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to give a visual cue of this side of town for people out there to imagine the train tracks. And while we are trying to get to this place, we didn't think that this dilapidated building was it with the barbed wire at the top, <laughs> giant gate fenced in parking. Yeah. Looked like a repo lot. So we went by a couple times, then we saw the sign, which wasn't lit up. So we're like, all right, I guess this is it. Are we yeah. going to get like a staph infection walking out? We go into this building, which looks like an office building. And we're like, I'm not seeing any direction. What the hell? But then we hear some like, some people and we turn around a corner and you step in to a whole different world. Like outside was Mordor and you stepped into like the Shire when you went into the place. And not only that, we sat by this giant picture of a map, which we don't know where the hell it was because it was in like some other language. But we're (laughs) like, "Eh, it's a map of Middle Earth here and we're drinking (laughs) mead and everyone seemed kind of like friendly in there and it was fucking small. It felt like it was as big as this room. Wow. Um, this room is small, you guys. I know yeah. you guys can't see it, but it's it's a bedroom. It's in small. my McMansion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was four meads on tap. There's always four that they rotate in and out. Um, one was kind of coffee, which was not that great. Yeah, you're not a fan of coffee, though. No. Yeah. Uh, there was this pine- smoked pineapple, which was Ooh. interesting because it s- smelled smoky and it tasted smoky mm-hmm. and it was pineapple-y, though, and it was good, but weird. This one with that was just uh, honey and apple-ish, I think. That was really good. And that's one of their mainstays. And then there was this one with hibiscus, which I don't even know what the fuck hibiscus is. It's a flower. Okay, well, I know that, but <laughs> it was... They use it in tea a lot. It was really darker than I expected it to be, but mm-hmm. it was... Holy shit. And we should have stopped after there, but then we went to two other breweries... <laughs> Right. But we just... Driving responsibly, of course. Yes. yes. Um, we had a DD with <laughs> yes. us, so that was pretty awesome on their part to help us out. But what I want to say is, like, it was... what Probably would not have found the place had not a bunch of us in the car being like, oh, there's a sign. Right. Also, just daring each other, do we really want to get out of the car here? <laughs> I'm glad I did, but they need to find a new place. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is... Scary. It's definitely like hole in the wallish, and I mean, there are parts of Grand Rapids that I probably wouldn't walk around by myself in at night. But there's no parts of this city that are super scary. It's not like we live in Chicago or Detroit or anything like that. But you know, now that I'm thinking of it, when we do these podcasts, we kind of chat about our own personal lives and stuff, though. We are just putting the booze part <laughs> in the drug on comics because that is... We'll talk about the comic books we read. We'll talk about some shenanigans we yes. did the week. Yeah. It is the booze part. Well, let's get into the comic book part. Yes. Um, speaking of some hatred, <clears throat> what the fuck's up with Marvel? You know, I feel like about a year ago, they announced this whole legacy event saying they were going back... Going back. The original the numbering. original numbering. And they did, and that was going to be the end of it. And I think what happened is they went back to the original numbering, and it really messed people up. 
can those people not just count or just realize? <laughs> I mean, okay, I, I will say from even someone that loves the legacy numbers, though, yes, that makes a little bit of sense for some of those. Mm-hmm. But eventually, unless they do plan on just doing number ones every year to be right. like one is January, which then fuck people up, too. We've, yeah. we've mentioned that many times. They're going to have to, at some point, jump on at book number 20 right. or 30. Right. So, I think why- the biggest thing is, is like... So I guess we should talk about what they're doing and why we're even talking about this. So they're reneging on this entire thing that they were going back to. So yep. they're going back to they're they're resetting or whatever the hell they're calling it. Fresh start. Yes. Fresh start. They're giving themselves a fresh start. And going back to number ones. Which I mean do like and not only that, but then it seems like there's gonna be an event. Which they said there's going to be no events, but yeah. this is going to coincide with... Well, they've done with... three events since they've said there was going to be no events, so... Yes, but th- <laughs> I do feel that these events now have been a little uh, condensed, even though... with the, They're, like, within their own worlds. They're not... I mean, I guess, though, it's not like like we've... The other events, the Secret Invasion... Right. Um, you know... Right. Any of the other ones, Original Sin, yeah. which did take place part in all of them... So far, like, the Avengers is having their own little event with this uh, No Surrender, but that's kind of just in the Avengers book. Right. Same with the the Phoenix Resurrection, right? That was only in the X-Men books. Yeah. And that's cool. So those are small Mm E-events. Do those all the time. I mean, those... Yeah. You kind of need to do those They're basically just runs. Like, they do storylines, and then they get to the end of the storyline, and then they start in a new storyline. But Infinity Countdown, that's going to be one that's going to have some crossover, but... Select books, though, and those are more of the cosmic books, which mm-hmm. is cool. Although, me personally, with my love of the Infinity Gems slash Stones, I feel that should be universally spanning for all the books of what the fuck's going on with that, just like in days of old. So, I don't like this one bit. They're, you know, they're talking about the one cool thing is they are condensing all the Avengers books down to one book. That's going to be great because those have gotten way out of hand in right. the past year. So far, as much as I don't even know which Avengers book to read. I've been reading The Snow Surrender because it's been an interesting story. Mm-hmm. But while the other books are going on, I'm like, how? Oh, I'm so fucking confused. Yeah. Everyone's an Avenger now. Right. Like, and now they're just going back down to like the original cast. No, no mutants. No Fantastic Four. Just, just the good old boys club plus one girl. <laughs> Now, I, and they have they've been kind of cryptic on what that what this all means and everything, but I just don't I don't get it. And they think maybe it's because their numbers, yeah. But I think their numbers are because they keep pulling different shit all the time. Their numbers are gonna surge momentarily, mm-hmm. but then they're gonna realize right. they're back down. Just write good stories, and they have been. They, like Derek Ray was talking about the other day with me, like. We've just now gotten back on board with Marvel. With the legacy number one, it made me go, holy shit, I'm going to pick up some of these titles because right. they're good stories. I don't give a shit about their numbers. Yeah, But I, I secretly either. do because I find that when they're doing this shit, it's all a, a cash gimmick for more more money, more sales. Right. Comic book readers get over it. Just pick up. You I can don't... bring a shit ton of money in on a number one, but if you don't keep that story good, like you're, it's going to drop off. And then you get all depressed, and then you decide that you need to make a new number one. You being Marvel. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, bring in a bunch of money, and then that story doesn't hold up. 
So you can't just fucking invest in some fucking good stories, man. I mean, this honestly <laughs> makes me want to read more DC. And, and, yeah. and then again, too, I mean, not to leave indie books out there, but Walking Dead. Is someone going to be able to pick up, I think, what, their 176 that came out last week? Like, you need to kind of read those. Right. And what happens if all of a sudden they just renumbered number one? Yeah. That's not going to help anyone no. fucking know the story. No. So you need to do your own research. Right. And those books sell really well. Yes, Saga sells mm-hmm. fucking phenomenally. Do what they're doing. Yeah. Well, and one of the things, and I don't know, because I don't buy trades from anybody else but Image, because, and I guess, well, I guess I haven't priced them against each other, but Image's trades, you know, they always, they always take, what is it, eight, six or eight of the books and put them into a trade. You know, usually yeah. when when there's a hiatus, Saga does this all the time. They go on like a couple month hiatus for the team to like, you know, have so have a break and get creative and stuff like that. And in that time, they release the last issues in a trade, and they're super cheap. They're like six eight bucks to get, you know, six eight issues of a comic book. Well. It- and then you can catch up. That is a perfect example of when they push some of these comics so quickly, I don't have time to read them all. Right. But I will say this, though, since Legacy Number 1 back in the fall, though, I've picked up a lot more Marvel books because it's like, this is interesting. This is cool. Right. Stories <clears throat> are what it's at. Yeah. That's true. Not numbers. So then no. I shouldn't care about numbers, but I just know that they're just going to reinvent the wheel every time they start at number one as if... This is a new introduction. I don't fucking need to know Peter and, Parker's, you know, how right. he got bit by a spider again. It totally again. ruins the idea of an, a first issue, too. Like, first issues used to be important. And collector's items. And they're not anymore. Well, ever, that, not I really. I two shits about collectors, though. I think that that's no, just but, dumb in of itself. You know. Sometimes like, you score a bonus right. one. Going through here, we had to find a couple issues... Look at all these long boxes. There's at least like 20 of them. And there's a lot of them. There's some over here. Oh, I was like, see, this is why girls can never believe a guy when they tell them how big their penis is. <laughs> Tony's like, there's 20. And I'm like, I see seven, eight, nine. <laughs> here, some in the basement. So fuck off. There are about 20. Eight, as well as all the other ones from the big disaster of 2015 yes. that I have yet to yes. organize. Yeah. But we were going through some. I was like, oh, shit, that's the first appearance of Spider-Gwen. That's worth some money. And then, oh, shit, this one is this. And I'm like, I don't really care. I'm Are not... you going to sell them? I don't know. Maybe. No. I've toyed around the idea of selling my books before, but I love them so much. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> my nephew now going into right. reading them, that's what we had to look for is a Thanos quest uh, that I had ah. that he my brother could remember that it was less uh, violent and a real introduction to him because Milo was evil and right, loves Thanos. So. Right. And he remembers it because of the story and not because of what number of a comic book it yeah. was. I don't always remember even what number of X-Men Dark Phoenix Saga is, but I can tell you that I love the Dark Phoenix Saga. So it's not about the fucking numbers, really. It is about the story. Yes. And so to get off of Marvel's comic side, though... This is a dumb idea. Let's go to their movie side where they're kicking fucking ass. Yes. Um, so we have some new numbers of the first weekend with Black Panther uh, was 292 domestic. 
I don't know, because that can't be the first hole. That might be a little bit more. Um, but it, yeah, that's $22 million than the previous record holder for biggest box office opening weekend um, with other worldwide uh, amassing this 520. But some other numbers that I got, speaking of the second weekend then, which also, it's only the um, fourth movie ever to beat uh, $100 million. In the second weekend, oh, those wow. other ones being Jurassic World, Force Awakens, uh, and the Avengers, to have also have amassed uh, over the hundred and in their second million, weekend, yeah, in their second weekend, because there's always a giant drop off, right? Because everyone saw it the first weekend, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, right now it's got a total impressive seven hundred four million, and it still hasn't even opened in China yet. Wow, which is a huge market, yeah. Oh my god, they're gonna eat it up over there. This this movie has just been killing it, and I don't normally when some of these big movies, I like doing the full review and talk. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about it a lot no. last weekend. I haven't seen it yet. What the fuck? <laughs> I've been busy. You're making these numbers below. I know by eleven dollars. <laughs> but I don't even want to ruin even small parts yeah. of it because of how well. It has done, and it's really, I think, going to change the dynamic. Yeah. They're going to take more chances. They're going to take properties that they think, oh, maybe not the world would like this, and realize, fuck, let's just go with it. You would think that they would have learned that with Guardians of the Galaxy, because that's the same thing they said about Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, that's what they did. Yeah. And obviously, if Guardians didn't work, I don't think we would have oh, gotten Ant-Man mm-hmm. or this. It did work, and then they're like, okay, let's start doing But now I think this opens a whole other realm. Yeah to people and the fatigue isn't there people keep saying the comic book movie fatigue right people are getting sick of them no we like good movies right and they're doing marvel's smart because they're finally diversifying their types of movies so like they did two thor movies and then they did ragnarok and ragnarok was fucking hilarious yeah and it's not even like you can't even think about it as a thor movie because it was just it was funny and it had thor in it but and then you have uh, Ant Man was funny too, but you—they're—they're—they're they're, they're not the same movies. Well, okay, so you brought up Thor, which we're gonna—we're just gonna talk about some news right now. Oh, but okay. With the with the new <laughs> the DVD having been released and the deleted scenes and yes. and other gag reel things, there was something that was going around of Yandu showing up. Which how because he died. Right. Spoiler alert! But uh, it's a very interesting. It's a very funny quick scene and it wasn't even polished to be anything more than a gag reel but uh while they were filming for the the tower of terror which then got turned into the guardians drop or whatever they called it for disney yeah it's not the twilight zone but that's just the one in california too i think yes um but when they're filming some things for that ride halloween happened which disney's big on halloween and they kept it up as that before changing over so they had to then film a couple additional scenes for this ride during which Thor Ragnarok was filming so what we end up happening is uh was it yeah um Michael Rooker was on set to film some of these things as Yondu and then stopped on set in full costume while they were filming the scene of the execution and they just came up with the funny you know him needing <laughs> to find the <laughs> offices he was lost I like it. And yeah. that's that's what I think Marvel does good because mm-hmm. you see any of the deleted scenes from Justice League and you're just like reminded of the shitty right. CGI mustache out. Yes. So the one thing I have to say about the Marvel movies and their success and their 
even greater success now than when they were first coming out with movies is the biggest thing with the Marvel movies that I heard was the issue internally was they weren't giving their directors any sort of creative control. Like it was, you stick with the story and this is what's happening. And they lost a lot of really good directors because of that. Um, uh, what's his name? The guy who did Scott Pilgrim. Why can't he just did Baby Driver? Why can't I think of his name? Anyway, he was supposed to do Ant Man, and they they lost him because of. Why can't I think of his name? I know. Fuck. Um. God damn it! It's gonna bother me until I think of it now. If Connor was here, he would know. He's obsessed with him as a director. But anyway, he was supposed to do Ant Man, and then um, John Favreau. They lost him on Iron Man because of their squeeze on the directors and their creative process. And to me, it seems like they've let go of that a little bit. And if you... Edgar Wright. Thank you. Yes, Edgar Wright. (sighs) (laughs) Um, And if you watch the specials, the the special things on the Thor Ragnarok, there's like this whole thing with Taika Waititi and him talking about making the movie and stuff like that. And it's completely hilarious because he is super funny. And you can kind of see how they let him do things kind of the way he wanted to do them, still within their boundaries. Yeah. And it made Thor so much better. And I know there are people out there who disagree with me. And I don't care. I thought it was a great fucking movie. And I... I bought it. We bought it. We like. We never buy movies anymore. We just wait for them to come out free on Netflix or mm-hmm. whatever streaming we have. But we totally bought it, and I watched it again the other night, and it's just so good. Um, one funny thing that uh, I've recently learned about uh, Black Panther. So, and it's. I mean, it's not about Black Panther in particular, but you know they're from Wakanda, right? Right. Did you know that there is a, it's spelled differently, uh, Wakanda, Illinois. Really? Said the same way. W-A-U-C-O-N-D-A. It's a small little town. They've gotten, ever since the movie came out last weekend, flooded with phone calls and emails, like, wondering, like, with inquiries (laughs) about, like, you know, the movie. (laughs) P.S. Everybody in the world, Wakanda, Illinois is nothing like Wakanda, Africa. I can guarantee you that right now. Yeah. (laughs) So, it is the site of a nature preserve, though. So I guess maybe within that nature preserve, there could be this futuristic city <laughs> full of this rare metal. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> so like I said, that's good natured. I love that. Yeah, that's funny. Accident. Um, all right, so let's. Uh, I got some other things we can talk about, but I want to talk about some books. books. And there are so many different segues that from different things that we we're talking about that I thought we could get into um but i'm going to talk about uh now bringing back up avengers uh let me quick see what number it is uh 155 four (laughs) it's marvel so it could be either one (laughs) uh 681 okay (laughs) and what this one was uh written by al ewing um and Mark Wade, and oh. this has been a very, very interesting series to say the least. Um, one of the, I had stopped, like I said previously, which is why this could have tied into the number ones and everything like that with them combining all the Avengers books. I'm so fucking happy about because there's been so many that I don't even know. Uh, oh yeah, and Jim Zub's been writing too. Um, this story. 
is so fucking confusing. You have this person named Voyager who came out of nowhere. The Earth got shifted to a different place, and half of the heroes in the world and villains all became, like, time-stopped. Like, so it was a mystery that really... And then also, um... Fuck, uh... Uh... Now I'm uh, blanking on name. Jarvis. Ah. Is also hurt, who seems like to be the key to this, because he's the one that remembers all the Avenger stuff, because the, the Voyager has always been a part of the Avenger. She created it. Who the fuck is this Voyager chick? Like, where's she come from? Throughout, and this is issue number seven, so we're halfway in this 12-part uh, arc. Um, in the back of this, which was funny, they were talking a bit of how when they did 52... Um, for uh, DC, they had a bunch of different stories that kind of came together as oh, one giant story. Yes, this the actual Fifty Two series. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! And how for Marvel to kind of do this weekly story of twelve issues, but they already had it kind of all written out. How it was a lot different than that, but interesting for them to make it. Um, one of the big things is you have the two sides that you're introduced to: the Black Legion or the Black Order and the Lethal Legion. And they're fighting, and right away I thought Grandmaster, which you that kind of then find out he's part of this. He's right. the one that shifted the Earth, and because Earth is always the best battlefield, I guess, for everything. But they're also the ones that then wanted to sideline the heroes on Earth. However, keeping some of them in play as if the natural defenses to stop right. these things. You have the Grandmaster, but who he's playing, what you come to find out is this guy called the Challenger. Another elder of the universe. Uh, for people that don't know, the Grandmaster's a being much like the Gardener and, and some of these others. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the comic books, not as eccentric as Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> they portrayed him way differently yeah. than what he is. Yeah, he was definitely... But like the Collector yeah. and all these other ones, uh, they just have always kind of been. Right. That's why they call them the elders of the universe, and they kind of have their own little Niche. quarks that they've yeah. Yeah, been doing. Well, the Challenger was originally named the Grandmaster. When they all started having their own little things, these two like to just play with play games with each other, and okay. they one time played a game for the name of the Game Master. The current Game Master won, and this was revealed like last issue. So there's a lot more history to Marvel Universe that's kind of coming from this book, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. But then you have this history of this Voyager chick. Who is she? Right. This issue kind of got into it. Um, it talked a lot about quantum entanglement and how her parents were like on the cusp of like figuring out teleportation. And when that happened, she, you know, as everything happens, ran. her parents were talking about getting a divorce and then she ran, heard it ran through the the lab and then turned into Voyager and then okay. her dad studied her and and then one thing led to another and she helped form the Avengers. Mm. Cool, interesting. This never really happened. Say, I said that didn't happen. But that they have this set up makes it seem almost because then they explained how she the reason why she's been gone for so long is that she zapped out of the the world. Mm. Uh, she teleported to somewhere else and now she's back, which in the first issue everyone was like, oh my god, Voyager you're back! Which has gotten a little cheesy to the point of like I don't like this chick, I don't like this hero because everyone's like she's the best, she's the greatest Right, she's which the is always leader. shady 
That's always shady. Yes. We've been led to believe that that's always a bad thing. And I'm thinking there's there that's where some mind control something else. But I'm wondering, too, if these two elders could put this person on the board to be part of this third group. Or if there's a third person playing this game that we don't know about mm-hmm. yet that is helping the, the Earth. Because someone had gotten zapped out of uh, with... I'm not going to say how the game is going, but it's interesting. But how it's going, someone on the hero side got zapped out, and then someone else came out of their cocoon crystalline state. It's so much weirdness yeah, that it's intriguing enough that I need to find out how it ends. But I'm also kind of confused of, are they going to try to rewrite and retcon everything? Right. Or are they going to go back to the status quo of like, Okay, no, this person really wasn't ever here. You guys yeah. are stupid for having believed it. They're gonna, Fake news. They're going to retcon and then retcon the retcon. Yes. <laughs> but so far, I haven't read something like this right. within Marvel that it makes me very... It's unique. That's well, why I'm reading it. Yeah. there. I cannot think of an introduction of a new character where they weren't a new character. Yeah. Everyone just thought that yeah. this person's always been there. Yeah. And I haven't really seen, except for uh, the only person was Quicksilver, who's kind of uh, out of it right now, who was kind of like, he knew her, but then he was like, I don't think this is the right thing. So I thought he was the key to it. You always have that right. one person yeah. that remembers. Yeah. Like, or this is how it, it should feels be. weird. Yeah. yeah. So we're halfway through this, a little over the halfway hump. And one of the big things I want to talk about, too, is when they were at the Marvel Summits coming up with this story. Uh, they were trying to figure out who they were going to have on these teams, how it was going to go about. And they wanted to have... Black Order was always the Black Order. It's interesting, though, because some of these people within the Black Order have died in the last two years. Um, so them being resurrected is a cool kind of way to show how they're part of this game and then how they can probably go on to the Infinity storyline that's going to start, if that's the way they're going to go about. But... There's a person called Menticle. Menticle? It sounds like you trying to say a word and saying it wrong. Yes. <laughs> and it elicits a laugh. It does. So Al Ewing, uh, I guess is a, they say right now, like, comes up with great names. And when they're coming up with the Lethal Legion, they want them to all be aliens. So when they're picking apart different uh, people, someone was like, there's this, like, person who, like, has mental powers but has tentacles Menticle. Oh, my God. It's like something out of Stan Lee would come up with. <laughs> and that's why I think people, readers seriously need to read all the fun stuff, the the letters to the editor. Yeah. You get better insight. Because I laughed the first time I heard of Menticle. <laughs> and I really want this person to be around because as a character, really kind of badass uh, telepathy and, and stuff. Right. But what they're doing with it. But also, it's just like... Menticle. Menticle. <laughs> He's got menticles. <laughs> yeah. So, really fucking good. Really still fucking confused. Yeah. Awesome. Like, for a, a backstory for someone, it's interesting. I like it. But this pers- person seems too good that it's like, this can't it's be too true. too good to be true. Yeah. yeah. What you got? So, um, I picked up a DC book this week, which... I sound surprised, but I've actually been reading a lot of them, so it should be surprising at all because, again, as we've said before, DC's where the shit is at right now, um, and they're totally whooping Marvel's ass. But I picked up The Brave and the Bold, 
So I don't know. Did, did you ever read the past iterations of The Brave and the Bold? Because I never did. No. But I did watch The Brave and the Bold animated series. Did you ever watch that? It's the best fucking Batman animated series besides the Batman animated series. <laughs> Can I tell you something, though? I've just now realized why whenever I hear The Brave and the Bold, I think of soap opera, like The Young and the oh. Restless. <laughs> And 100%, I think that's the one reason why I've refused to read these, because I think of that. So, the Brave and the Bold animated series, it does, but it was awesome, because it was literally, like, each episode, Batman was pairing up with this Z-list, like, person that you may not have, like, he did this whole episode with the Music Meister, and it was a musical, and Neil Patrick Harris was the Music Meister, and it was the best fucking episode. It was so good. So, anyway, that's half the reason why I picked this up. But this book is nothing like the animated series, because the animated series was meant to be funny. And, and more for kids. Yes. And this is, it might, maybe it'll be funny in the future, but this first issue was not funny. Um, so, this is The Brave and the Bold with Batman and Wonder Woman. And it starts with Wonder Woman, and she's in the Arctic with Steve Trevor. So... That either tells me that this is back in the day when Steve Trevor was still alive, or this is some sort of alternate universe where Steve Trevor never died. But anyway, they're taking some time together and having a good time. There's <laughs> there's stuff going on between the two. So this isn't a kid's book at all, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Um, and... In the midst of that, you're getting this story from this god, this Celtic god named, I don't even know if I'm saying this right, but it's Sir Nunos. It's Celtic, so it's probably, like, not even pronounced like that at all. The C is probably, like, an S-H or something like that. Sir Nunos. Um, and there's this realm that, throughout the years, all the fairy folk, which are big in Celtic uh, religions and stuff like that, um... They've kind of been, because of the times, pushed to this realm called Tirnanog. So that's where they live now. So they left Earth, and they're in this... Do you remember the, the Legends of Tirnanog? It was like a Power no. Rangers-type-ish show? Uh-uh. Oh. No. It took, were there fairies there? Yeah, it was yeah. like these kids got transported into this realm of magic and witchcraft oh. and had, like, Power Ranger-type suits they were it different colors like it would and be amazing yeah. but it was probably terrible wasn't it yeah yeah it was terrible but yeah. so that name i don't know yeah well it's i mean that's, that's probably it's it been is. used for many different maybe it's <laughs> been in the realm of like open what do you call it open source yeah open source I, well i think it's like an actual from the tiny itty bitty little bit of research that i did it seems to be like an actual part of like celtic mythology okay yeah so um, so these, these different fairy folk and other various gods of the old Celtic religion are living here, um, and they're, they're starting to get cabin fever, essentially. So, because th the longer they're there, the less people believe in them, and they didn't know this when they moved to this place, but their powers are all derived from humans believing in them, much like Tinkerbell. <laughs> <laughs> so now that totally makes sense from Peter Pan. Um, so all the, the, the portals back to Earth are closing. 
and there's only like one left. So all these old gods and fairy folk are like feeling trapped. So now they're starting to fight with each other and fairy wars and stuff like that. So this Sirnunos <laughs> um, decides to come to Diana for her help because you know, she's also from a place where they lived in solitude for a really long time, but they never had this issue like this other place is having. Yeah. So, and he asked a million different people what he should do, and they all told him to go to Diana. And I was like, oh. well, right. well, I'd say with like, <laughs> as far as like for the big powers uh, of DC, like I would always put her as more as a mythical yeah. person, well, yeah. anyways. So right with this other mythical. It, like area yeah she'd be probably the one to go to um so he this sir nuno sir nuno's guy is the god of fertility in the celtic religion so when he pops up on steve and diana they're naked and totally like about to get it on and he's literally like you know i'm the god of fertility so you want me to help you make things happen i can and i and steve's like no 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 we're good we got it we don't need any help thanks and i thought that was super funny and then diana asks tells the guy that she'll help him and then she's like come and get me in an hour and steve's like you don't need an you don't wear makeup or clothes really i don't what do you need an hour for and then she just takes all her clothes off and he's like oh and i'm like i don't think i've ever read anything like that in a DC comic book before. No, let alone <laughs> Wonder Woman. Right. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, Batman, on the other hand, because he's in this as well, he's in Where Gotham. He's in Gotham. And he's... Like, they first show him he's lifting weights. So he doesn't go to Tiernanog? No, not yet. Okay. So he's just in the Batcave lifting weights, and Alfred's like, why are you lifting weights, bro? <laughs> <laughs> So you only do that when you're thinking about stuff. And there's something going on in, like, the Irish region of Gotham. He, Batman thinks everyone... I didn't know there was a region of in Gotham yep, of that, but there is. sure, why not? He's like, everyone looks like they're they're in a trance. Or, like, he's like, nobody's ventured, like, more than a couple feet outside of their little Irish area here. And he's like, something doesn't feel right. So he goes there, and it, everyone is, like, totally just not with it. They're just wandering around. Like, they're looking at something, but nothing's there. And he thinks it's Scarecrow because, you know, Scarecrow does everything, I guess. Um, but really, it's there's this fabric in between this Tyr and Anog and Gotham that is starting to break. Okay, like a realm barrier. Yeah, where, okay. and... That's what these people are seeing. And on the other side of this is monsters, basically. Ew. So these people are walking around, like, probably just terrified because they can see these monsters and yeah, don't know yeah. what to do about it, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know. And that's kind of, like, that's how Batman plays into it so far. Obviously, something's going to happen because at the end they show him, like, this barrier kind of engulfing him and he gets real scared like real scared which is weird for batman but if something's past his plan that's when he starts getting a little yeah. scared so <laughs> um right in the middle 
I gotta say, how much Batman really doesn't know about Gotham? Yeah. You know, Court Owls doesn't know that there's this giant, different yeah. realm fabric of space this and cel- time here. This Celtic, this barrier to this Celtic world of fairies that happens to be in the Irish district of Gotham. <laughs> how convenient thought? is that? <laughs> Um, but there's this homeless guy in the middle of it when they before they hop from the Wonder Woman story to the Batman story. There's this homeless guy in that lives in like a park in Gotham who's talking about how um, his wife left him because he believed in this place of the old Celtic gods and how he was going to be able to go there soon and stuff like that. And it it looked a lot just like the ramblings of an, a crazy homeless person, but. It makes me think that he's probably important because they don't just throw random characters into a book and give them three pages of dialogue to themselves and then never come back to it ever again. <laughs> so I'm assuming he has, he's probably like some sort of old lost god or something is my theory. And when he comes back to the realm, peace will be resolved or something like that. Much like God in Dogma, you know, yeah. <laughs> Alanis Morissette. Um, <laughs> so it was good. I I liked it. I don't ever expect there to be like levity in a Wonder Woman or Batman book. So the whole beginning part with her and Steve, I thought was super awesome. Um, the art in this is sick. Like it's I whenever I look at comics that are drawn like this, just knowing the sheer amount of time that has to go to adding this level of detail into every yeah. page of a comic book. Is amazing. Um, so this was written by Liam Sharp. Liam. Sounds like an Irish name to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he also drew it. And then the colors were Romulo Fajardo Fah- Fah- Jr. Sorry, Ronaldo. I don't probably did not do that right. But there is this one awesome page that I showed you earlier where there's a Celtic knot yeah. on the page. And the spaces in between the knot are the panels. Which I thought was really cool. Completely unnecessary, but it just added to the feel of the book. Well, it's like, there's more and more times reading comic books. Like I said, I'm never a collector. And I I don't feel the need to buy pages because I don't have that sort of money, first right, off. Right, yeah. But also, <laughs> sometimes, like, it's just a page and it doesn't really invoke anything. Right. But some of these, man. I know. Holy shit, I would buy that. Yeah. It just, it really adds, it adds to the feel of the book. Completely unnecessary. Not something they had to add in. There's actually not a lot of panels in this book. So it worked out really well the way they did it in there. But it was good. I'm totally going to read all of this. It's only a six issue miniseries. So I can, I can hop on a DC book that's only six issues. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have, did I, I, I talked about the Adam Warlock one, didn't I? For Infinity? I can't remember what Maybe we talk off or Sometimes on. you start talking and I stop listening. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm trying to teach you, Lynn. I know. I'm trying I know. to have you understand more about what <laughs> I know who Adam is, Warlock is. What is going on <laughs> in the Marvel universe. But uh, they just had uh, the Infinity Countdown Prime, which is the first of what's going on with this whole new Infinity thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And anyways, with this, it's a book that has a lot of shit going on it. Besides the main story that's setting up for this event, 
it gives the readers like the whole back half of it, which I don't even know how to talk about this book because I don't know whether to talk about what happened before, what's happening now. Um, written by uh, Gary Dugan um, and art by Mike uh, Diodato Jr. Diodio, 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 is it no. Diodio? It's not Diodio. No, it's not Diodio. Oh, ah, I think you said that right, actually, yeah, okay, Diodato. It's good, yeah. We're getting better. I like, <laughs> in the very beginning, it, there was light. <laughs> um, the Infinity Stones, it explains the new stones now. And in this book, it uh, in the back part, half of it, where it's talking the history of the gems, it explains why they're stones now. Everything makes perfect sense if they're, I mean, they're trying to align it with the the cinematic universe. Sure. But this great thing that happened, Secret Wars, two years ago, kind of is the catalyst to where all these changes could have happened and how they happened. But it explains the colors of the stones, which are different from the colors that were before, mm-hmm. um, how the stones work. And it explains a little bit of each one kind of powers each other in this kind of like you know infinity shape yeah yeah i mean it could be a giant circle too but they just twist it in the middle and it takes a shape of how one powers the other uh how you know the reality powers you know the soul which then powers the power which then powers space and then time and then back to reality and giant circle and how separately separately these all have their own unique abilities right but together, they are infinity, and it's really inter- it's you know it's a circuit, uh, positive feedback loop, as they explain. Now, there's a whole history of these gems and stones, which I will get into. But for the purpose of this story and of itself, we already know that Wolverine has a space gem. Um, it's been shown within that Marvel Legacy book, right? And everyone's like, "Holy shit!" So that's probably how he teleported out of that shell. And I have to say, with the whole uh, story of him, where's Wolverine? Mm-hmm. Sure, he's popping up all over the place because he can teleport now. Interesting, cool. I never thought I'd get a teleporting Wolverine <laughs> ever in my lifetime. In this book, it's kind of cool because he's with his story in this. He's fighting some Ultrons, so he kind of pops behind some and schnicks them to death. And Wolverine having a, a gem is pretty interesting. Now, there's, which I'll get to, the other people who have held these gems. And, sorry, gems and stones are going to be synonymous. Like, now they are stones. They are uncut. Um, and all this is because uh, it's the new... They haven't been circumcised yet. Yes. It's the new universe. When they created this new universe, there was then obviously the new stones that would be out there. Mm-hmm. Him having one of them, well, going back to, I'm hating the little one pages at the end of these books that are explaining where Wolverine's been. I know that they have to save page space, but it's getting a little ridiculous of it's a one page. I can't follow them. Right. And it, it, like if it was like a little part of the arc, like he shows up, does something, and then bamps out of there cool but i'm not i'm not liking it and and i've I've pretty much stopped reading them in any of the books i'm waiting for that them to be collected to go 
and if they'll actually explain how he got out of his cocoon, but I don't believe they ever... Yeah, how did he even get the space gem? Did he have it before he got into the cocoon? That's what I don't know. But we also saw in Legacy that it was, like, cut in half, so someone had to have gotten him out. Right. What can cut adamantium? I don't know. And how is he all healed now because he was dying then? That's for another day, but that's who he is. There's this other player who I've never heard of, Turk Barrett. Turk? He's a criminal. Uh, He's got the mind gem stone. Okay. They gave it to just random It's not who they gave it to. It's how you find them. Like, no one was just handing these out like Oprah. (laughs) Marvel gave it to a nobody. Somebody gave it to him. Okay. (laughs) Really interesting then to find out where the reality stone is. Captain Marvel found it. And it wasn't in our reality. So, as with the multiverse and all these other things, our... Which is kind of breaking the old rules of these stones. Because there are stones in every multiverse. Mm-hmm. But they only work in that multiverse. Uh, Reed Richards found that and Doom found that out when they thought they could take an Infinity Gauntlet fully with all the gems to our universe. And finding out those gems only work in those universes. Kind of interesting for anyone that has it to then try to take over the multiverse. It just can't happen. Right. But in the one panel... What has really gotten people uh, in an uproar is a picture that is off screen of another Captain Marvel. Them all finding their reality stone. So, like, explaining that this whole story. Is that, do you remember the Captain Marvel that was around in, like, the late 70s, early 80s? You mean Shazam? No, the the black lady who was Captain Marvel. Do you remember? Oh, Monica Rabot? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So in one <laughs> one realm, that's her. In another realm, there's still a Marvel that is right. still Captain Marvel. But this one right here that is off panel, a little off color too, but that is distinctly Billy Batson's Oh, my God. Cape oh, my God. That's awesome. Armbands. That is Captain Marvel there. I love it when they do shit like that. I do too. <laughs> like, like... DC, they've always said DC is part of, like, there's even a number sequence for it because Marvel names all their different universes Right, and there's and been stuff. crossovers between them before. And within DC, they cut it down to just 52, but they even have one that has beings that are of Marvels. Mm. So they have one even there. They don't ever explore it because mainly the same three or four is where all their stories, right. except for when they need to have bad guys come over from a different universe. But I thought it was interesting because they're great. in that that page was distinctly talking about Captain Marvel found this with how she because I haven't been reading that book how she found it I don't know but at least for getting into this whole story I know okay this person has the stone but then it kind of also explains this story is probably playing out across the multiverse because other people have traversed other universes and right. and how that happened. Anyways, I just like that. That's it, pretty cool. That's, yeah. Um, we also have, we all, like, I already talked about the Guardians. They found the Power Stone, which is now a mountain. Like, it's in its uncut, raw form. This thing is huge. So instead of being able to put it in your pocket and go around wherever, the Guardians need to save this planet or protect this giant mountain of a stone mm-hmm. from, and so they're kind of fighting right now. The fraternity of raptors and the Chitari who are coming for it. That's what's going on there. And it's interesting. The Super Scroll 
now has the time stone. But where he got it was Sakaar. Sakaar being Planet Hulk. Uh, they have it in the MCU, but in all purposes, it was destroyed. Galactus yeah. ate it. Right. However, what with the time stone and everything, and with it being a new universe after Secret Wars, somehow the time stone took it out of time, transported it. It seems like the same Sakaar. So that's obviously going to... There's a reason why they brought it back, and they're bringing it back within this giant story arc, because who knows? There's probably going to be some Hulk stories going down. Right. Or them just trying to align their universe with the movie, with universe. The movie universe, which... I hate the pandering. Yeah. But it's pretty cool. And it's interesting that they would somehow, to do that, we now find out it's because of an Infinity Stone, which can do anything, so why not? Right. We then have Magus, who is Adam Warlock's evil half that he expunged from himself and now is its own being and has the Mind Stone. Mm-hmm. This whole story, so it has all these like little stories with each person, and I'm just kind of saying the main players because I don't want to give away too much. It's really fucking good read. Do you understand what happened to Hank Pym and Ultron in the last couple of years? No. They merged. Okay. Um, fuck, there was a big story arc where, I know you read it, they were all invited to his house as guests, and Ultron wanted to annihilate them, but Hank Pym is now like, he's evil for sure but hank is kind of keep him in check yeah, like a firestorm thing going on yeah he's like and it's kind of like a half face hank pym like he merged like as a borg but his main body is like more machine than, right than human so you see him uh they come about and obviously the other ultrons were trying to fight uh wolverine so mm-hmm. ultron's on trying to gather them all and I didn't realize this with Gamora, but after this new iteration of this new universe, which, by the way, is the ninth iteration of the main 616 universe and everything in between, I'm going to get some really knowledge on you in a second. Great. Oh, you're going to love it. <laughs> Pay attention. So you see that uh, that they then pretty much kill the Magus and then take the soul gem but when they do there was this head which they were on ego anyways and then there's this head who i don't really know who exactly this head was just a head yeah it was just a head magus was talking to it and everything and it was talking about how you shouldn't you know the soul stone you shouldn't have it you know it's the most powerful and blah blah so when hank grabbed it like there was like a flash of light and then they picked up and then you find within the soul stone, oh, going back to Gamora, her soul has been trapped. A part of her soul has been trapped in the soul stone in Soul World ever since this new, uh, after Secret Wars, this okay. new universe. And then you see Hank now trapped in the gem, mm. meaning is this going to mean Ultron is now just Ultron? I think he's still partly in there, but hmm. that's going to be interesting if it's going to be the resurrection of Hank Pym as well. I don't know. But in these small little stories within this, because it's, like I said, it's the primer to it all. Right. I'm fucking psyched. Then I was happy for anyone that picked up this book because, I mean, it was like 44 pages. It then goes over the history of the of the stone. Oh, really? And I'm going to school you on a little oh, bit of that. Okay. So, they used to be called gems, obviously. Sure. yep. 
now stones, whatever, mm-hmm. because that's how this world is. Right. We are in the eighth iteration of it, but what had happened, where the gems came from was the last being, because we got to look at the eighth iteration of this universe. So the seventh iteration, if you also can recall, I want to say it's the fourth one where uh, Galactus is from. So whenever they redo all these universes, there's always a Galactus now. Right. That he's got a job and a function to do, even though they've now deemed him to be the life bringer because he's destroyed too much. So they need to have a little bit more balance. But Thalen, or not Thalen, Thanos, Thanos. God, I can't even that word. Thanos. That guy. He at one point uh, first learn about these stones and not necessarily all that they could do but most of what they could do is they were a giant power source so he had this giant stone and he wanted to death had come to him and kind of said hey yeah there's too much life in this world so he was to eradicate half of it yeah and he had a huge boner for death yeah yes and that's kind of where these started but they didn't they didn't get so insane powerful until later when the elders took them so then the elders of the universe which like the gardener and the champion and in betweener the collector runner and grandmaster they all held these gems which you know grandmaster had the mind gem the space gem was the runner so he could pretty much beat anyone right stupid names by the way but yeah collector had reality uh time gem was the gardener uh, the power gem was champion, and then the soul gem was the in-betweener at the time. Thanos went searching for these because he knew that somehow when he collected them all again this time, he could form... put. He didn't have to put them in the gauntlet. He could just hold on to them if he right. wanted to, but having a pretty badass gauntlet yeah. makes it all yeah. worth being. And then that went into Infinity Gauntlet. Right. Which afterwards... He had them all, then he got a little too... Well, he pretty much transcended his body, but when he did so... Oh, shit. The gauntlet's still down there. Yeah. Nebula took it, and then yeah, she had it. His big downfall was backstabbing the people who were behind him. Yeah. Yeah, because then they fucked him up. <laughs> and then Adam Warlock got it, yeah. and then he put right what once went wrong, and Quantum leaped out of there, and... Then the Living Tribunal kind of said, hey, uh, don't really like what's going on with these gems because you could pretty much shatter this universe from the god from the year before. Because they were all sentient and they were all part of whoever was the big person in the universe before, which is how they come about. There is so much weirdness in history with these gems. But the biggest thing is, after which they kind of got depowered and they couldn't be kind of formed, but they still had their their individual kind of powers. And those went to the Infinity Watch, which was made up of Adam, uh, Gamora, Drax, Moondragon, Maxim, who never was given a gem, Pip the Troll, and Thanos. Thanos was given the reality gem. And what was said was he was given the reality gem because he was, and this was also when Thanos kind of after getting beaten, he had a little bit of humility, and right. he kind of was not as big of a dick of killing everyone. I mean, there was a part where he actually was trying to redeem himself. That didn't last long, no. but yeah, he had the... And it was kind of cool for the writers to do that, because, like I said, he's wise enough not to use it. 
because of all of what happened right. before. And they just didn't really use their gems so much. I mean, Drax being so stupid, he thought it was a jelly bean and swallowed it. Um, <laughs> I mean, Pip always hit it between his toes and his boot, but some other people, you know, wore it proudly like Adam did with on his forehead. Right. Who we now see Vision as, yeah. as such. It then goes to the... The story went through Infinity War and Infinity Crusade, where then there was a a girl who then Adam Warlock, she who yeah. thought she could then she to him his him yeah, yeah could then control it all, and that didn't last long. Then we got to when do you remember the Illuminati mm-hmm. and those stories? Yep. And then you later find out that they all had a gem, so they all were gathered on Earth, which was. Not too smart of them no. to have them all there. Um, but within Infinity Watch 2, they, they would go into the Soul Gem. Like, Adam Warlock was synonymous with Soul World and with all that. And that's kind of their secret base so they could kind of zap into mm-hmm. the gem and, and all that. We then had uh, Namor got the Power Gem. Um, Iron Man got the Space Gem. Doctor Strange got the Soul Gem. Mr. Fantastic got the Reality Gem. Captain America then got the time gem and Beast got the mind gem. This was all previously, and this was where the last of those gems were found before the giant secret wars uh, taken over everything of Marvel. And when they're trying to stop the incursions, they had to bring them all together. Um, At some point within there too, within the Illuminati story, uh, the hood gathered them, got the infinity gauntlet it was kind of a cash in, you know, cheesy story. It wasn't as grand as I thought they should be with these gems. But ultimately they won, got them back, and that's when uh pretty much uh uh the gems were kind of split differently cuz Professor X was part of it too. Right. But then Captain America was like, "Fuck you guys for doing all this. I want in to watch over you." So that's how he got it then. So then when the incursions happened, they had a they assembled the gauntlet again or bring them all together and they stopped one of the incursions but too little too late because all this you know there was a lot of shit going on yes <laughs> and they all all the gems were destroyed except for the the time gem which Captain America had which just vanished which then we didn't know what happened to them up until now right how they all kind of got them. Still kind of Who a is mystery. Who the time gem now? Uh, Super Scroll. Uh, okay. Because that then somehow got traversed in time and then huh. brought back Sakaar. But then we've also seen within Thanos, uh, number 15, well, the last couple of ones, he's got a shard of it, which then allowed his minion of the, uh, fuck, what's his name? Flaming biker rider. Ghost rider? Yes, that guy. He's also kind of a ghost. <laughs> Traveled back in time and then got the, the young Thanos to see big bearded Thanos. And how if that plays within this, I don't know. Because even the Adam Warlock one seemed like someone had the time gem already. Mm-hmm. But if they did, because I don't think the Super Skrull, even though he's a bad guy, he also kind of is... Can be a good, like he can right. reason with. He's right. not just all evil. He just wants scrolls to be right. 
But if reality is going to happen, I could see him joining up with the good guys. They mentioned within the book, Thanos is there. What's he going to do? But I was surprised that it didn't just have him trying to collect these again like he always has. Yeah, like he could get Turk Barrett's real easy. Yeah. Just, I mean, do you? Uh, that character was actually in Daredevil and Oh, that's Luke Cage. right. Okay. So there, there's that's probably there's why that... I don't really know who he is because I don't read those books. Yeah. So there's that. There's did you you watch Luke Cage and Daredevil yeah. though? Like his character was in both of those, and it, he was predominantly in Luke Cage, and he was the guy that turned. Um, what's his name? The bad guy from the co- not Copperhead. Is it Copperhead? Yeah. And then because then there was the big bad at the end. He turned Copperhead into the big bad, and then he decided to fuck off, and he went back to Daredevil <laughs> <laughs> to Hell's Kitchen. I mean, that that character that's Turk Barrett. Gotcha. So basically, he's like a low level like New York thug, and he's not even a thug. He's just kind of like. Oh no! With like within the few <laughs> scenes of saying who he is, he was gambling and yeah. Yeah. And, like, knew of things, and then you're like, and he's got the mind of him, like, okay, that makes yeah. sense, then, why he's hmm. beating everyone at the cards and stuff, and that's, right. so it's cool, giving them to these random people, which yeah. some aren't so random as others, though, I really can't wait to read the story, because I love everything about the gems, and I, I'm glad that it's not going to be a rehash, because you can't redo the exact same thing that right. happened with the original Infinity Gauntlet, like, even the other ones, Infinity War, Infinity Crusade, were kind of of getting all the gems because I think I can take over the universe. I hope they don't even really... Bring them together. Bring them together. Because yeah. even the Illuminati, when they brought them together, they had to to save the world. But other than that, other iterations, when they get them together... And I don't know how they're going to fucking do that with the giant freaking mountain of one. Right. Maybe they're going to chisel off a piece and that's going to be good enough to... To put in a necklace or something. Yeah. The Infinity Necklace. Necklace. <laughs> get yours for two ninety nine. Whole line of Infinity Jewelry. <laughs> infinity earrings. Look at these. <laughs> so yeah, that's what's going on there. And that was a lot more knowledge than you probably even cared yeah, to know. My head is full of it now. I also had a bunch of more notes that I that I had that I then just wrote down the little bit of them. I should have taken all the rest of them because I. Oh. But then you could read the. And you, you, know don't want, I, you don't want to give the whole thing away, right? No, you want no. people to experience the book. Well, no. Even within the book, though, it doesn't explain some of uh, who had these and this right. and that. I did a little more in depth, but the book had a lot more things I could have just read from as well. But yeah. there's a huge history of this, and I'm, I'm sure. glad to see it coming out again because. Because well the movie's things, coming out soon, and we want everyone to know what's up. Yeah, pretty much so. Because even then, yeah, within the movie is different in mm-hmm. how the stones are compared to the books. Well, yeah, because the stones so not are a whole, not yeah. even all stones. Yeah, so they're not all synonymous. The colors now are aligned with the new MCU, and how the old stones used to be is the power gem powered them right. all to make, I mean... You could all do that, but when you had that one, that was the key to kind of make it. But then the soul stone could help find them all. So it was like a seeker stone. Right. But really, if you didn't have the power one, then it wouldn't make the gauntlet be powered. Now it just seems like one feeds into the other. Right. And the whole hmm. infinity arc-ish. Hmm. Yeah. 
There's a Comic Con coming to Africa. <laughs> Reed Pop, uh, organizers of New York Comic Con and Emerald City Comic Con, among many, are going at it uh, down in Africa. And. Like the rains? Yes. <laughs> Fuck the rains. Rain ruins everything, as I already mentioned. No, this is. Even though it's going to be a Comic Con, they they're looking at probably going to have more to do with gaming, um, okay. and with all those you know CS:GO and Overwatch and League of Legends and all those, it's going to be more of that, but a blend because they want to have it to be kind of comics as well. Sure. And I question if the this is all coming off of the heel of how good. Black Panther did. I mean, maybe, but also I feel like it takes a lot of time to plan this shit, so it was probably in the works. But they also were gambling on how good yeah. Black Panther would be. So this is, but this is also in South Africa, and if you think of Africa, well, okay, I don't think of other Africans having Xboxes and shit in well, their villages, but well, but like Africa's huge, and South Africa is definitely like the whitest part of Africa because it was a British colony for mm-hmm. a really long time, and that's where apartheid was a huge thing. But <laughs> we'll gloss over that. Yeah, yeah, just give it, it's not for us to watch District Nine. You'll learn more. <laughs> so, it, I, but it's also the the metropolitan part of Africa, right? So that's where all some of their biggest cities are in South Africa. So it makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's totally. It's it's a weird choice for them to for it to be their first non US show because I feel like there's so many other places they could have gone already and they mm-hmm. haven't. But it could also be that there are these other places like why would you go to Japan or China? Because they already have giant conventions of their own. Yeah, that's true. And South Africa I don't I mean, I don't know anything about the con convention or con scene in South Africa, but I don't think it's probably a huge thing (laughs) so it's a good market for them to go to i guess no 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 uh this is i i want to talk about it because i if it's true holy shit but if it's not then it's just a rumor which (laughs) well i mean a lot of things speculating that we talk about as far as movies go and things that are solicitations and stuff however it's been rumored, so I got to reiterate that because it hasn't been rumors. confirmed yet. And probably within, by the posting of this, these are going to be debunked or given light of, yeah, that's true. But the novelization of The Last Jedi, um, which is supposed to come out March 6th, so within pretty much a week, the first line, I guess, of the book reads, Luke Skywalker stood in the cooling sands of Tatooine. His wife by his side. Which is a big what the fuck? Well, right, because it's the novelization of the movie, right? That didn't happen in the movie. But in the novelizations, though, they have sometimes more fleshed out things because it's following the movie and they're going to touch on the same big things. But you got to give readers something more of why you going to read this book. You just saw this movie. That's true, yeah. So, and that's kind of where the the thing that I mentioned before with... uh, not, yeah, Snoke and the other Jedi apprentice or whatever, which was from the history of the new movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that's a big. They didn't mention that within the movie. Right. So, and 
you can easily stop the presses on books more so than a movie that has already been post-production and everything. That's true. So it gives people the, holy shit, that one line there made me want to pick up this book, even though we can hear about it in the podcasts and news of the world. Yeah. So is this something then that's going to be like, tr- if it's true, you can't, it's true. It's within canon because all things going forward now, novelizations and everything are approved by Disney right. to be part of this giant universe. So you can't kind of just right. ignore that. So do you think it matters, though? I mean, he he's old. He could have been married. Do you think that actually... Do you, do you think that we're going to go back to him being Ray's dad? Because I think that's been... I hope not. No, I hope, I hope not. not. Because I don't... But if it gets revealed, then they mention this, and then they that's all they mention. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to mention then why she's not right. by his side now. And is it more than just little Padawans that got killed within the fire? Mm. And there's even more that's been left out from these visions of the past right. with Ray and or not Ray with Kylo. Yeah. Did he kill her too? And then did all this make him or did she die? And this is also what kind of made him want to be you know, a father to the school right. and then recluse or did she die within the fire and then recluse and who knows, but right. that's a lot of speculating and things that you could think of and yeah. should have and could have, which but, is why I'm starting to hate Star Wars universe because there is a lot of this shit. Well, and as we have learned from the last movie, you can speculate all you want and sometimes means absolutely nothing. And then you get a bunch of fanboys that are pissed off because Ray's parents are actually just two people who have no purpose except to be her parents in the movie. Uh-huh. And everyone's pissed about it. So, <laughs> which I think is hilarious, personally. But, you know. I didn't know that Vin Diesel was planning on playing another actor. I didn't know account. Vin Diesel was still making movies. He's always going to make movies. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think that dude out of any Hollywood person, though, has invested his money well enough that he will oh, never he be broke. Oh, he is Groot. Yes. Well, no, of course. But, I mean, now that he's going on into the Valiant universe. Yes. I didn't know they were fucking making I didn't movies. know either. I didn't know either. So I know they did the Ninjacks, Ninjack web series, mm-hmm. which was highly acclaimed, I guess. I didn't watch it, so I can't say for certain. Um, but this is just coming out of nowhere. I feel like we would have heard about this right now. Vin Diesel starring in a Valiant Universe movie. He's going to be Bloodshot, which I could see him being the cybernetic, uh, pretty much badass killing machine. <laughs> That's a very good way to describe him. Well, I mean, I mean, oh, what the character of Bloodshot or yeah. Vin Diesel? <laughs> Both. <laughs> so I don't know enough about the Valiant universe to to speak on this too much, but um, I feel like Vin Diesel when he puts himself behind something, usually it's it's going to be good, which is weird to think about because I never think about him as being like a actor's actor, but he really puts himself into things, so. Plus, it's awesome Valiant's getting their own movie universe. They've been working on building their comic universe for so long. Hopefully, that also translates. Into oh, and I, I would love to see some new, new, 
Just don't do what DC did. Yeah. Well, I think everybody knows that. Fucking it up. <laughs> Everyone was happy to see a Batgirl movie. Yeah. Now, who knows if that's going to happen? Probably not. Joss is not on it. And no. part of me thinks that it's, it's twofold. One, like, they're kind of blaming him for how shitty the... League of Legends was supposed to be, but it became to be the League of Shittiness. Oh, I mean, it wasn't. There's nothing justice about that. Like I can't even put that in the title. <laughs> but you can't really blame him for what's, and you can't even. He came, he came on. We can't even blame Snyder. I still blame WB. Yeah. They hundred percent are. I saw this really great article about how movies now, movies back then, were made with a passion to make movies. Movies now are to make money. Right. And that's just shitty. Yeah. You have some of these one-offs that you can then see it was taken very care of, and that's why more people resonate with that. We need to get back to that. Right. But I think secretly, they also, and this is their money-making, you know, evil people rubbing their hands together, Mr. Burns style. Yes. I think they realize, though... With some of the things that have come out about Joss and, and his, you know, women, like he makes good women mm-hmm. movies, but then also there's the stigma of what they've been saying of he hasn't been too chivalrous with women. Maybe they don't want him to be on the property. And they also see Wonder Woman had a woman director. Yeah. Maybe they should have a woman director again. Right. Because it seems like they're the only ones that are I feel good like all of, the, all of their movies should have women directors. Yes, that's what I'm starting to think now. <laughs> so, I don't... And Jaws getting shit for how... For Justice League, I think, is unfair. Because he came on because Zach had to leave. Because he had a kid that committed suicide. Like, there was a lot of circumstances going into the making of that movie that just weren't ideal. And also, you didn't have much going for it before that. <laughs> so, but, I mean, whatever. If they don't make a Batgirl movie, I'm not going to be upset about well, it. Well, Gail Simone has, like, tweeted out, I actually thought of the perfect story for a Batgirl movie. End of Fucking tweet. write it. That's yeah. all That's all it Jesus is. So it's kind of like, all right, if she's throwing her hat in, like. <sighs> Thank you. Yes, this is what we need. Because that's what they said, too. It was the script in and that he didn't feel that it was the script. That's what I should have said first and foremost. But it's like, I don't think it's the script. I think there's everything that yeah. I said is the reasons why it, this Gail. isn't going to happen. I think that would be awesome. Gail Simone writes a script that's directed by some awesome female director who casts some awesome female actor as the, the head, you know, the lead, that yeah. girl. Kick-ass. Now- we spoke already of renumbering and everything, which it happens all the time. Yeah. But uh, Yusaki Yojimbo, which has a distinction of it's had 225 consecutive issues, which has been written and drawn by the same creator, Stan. I'm going to pr- pr- mispronounce it. Sakai? Sakai. It's probably Sakai. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, like, that's the longest it holds a record. I mean, it, it debuted back in 1984. So, obviously, not every, like, you know, there's been some gaps in there. But they're going to renumber it, number one. And uh, Yojimbo has seen a resurgence, especially in the last couple of years, with having some reunions with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, mm. back in the day, 
he was within the mythos of, you know, Eastman yeah. and Lard's Ninja Turtles books. Heck yeah, my brother had one of those action figures. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's sad to see it being renumbered. Um, now I think it's going to Eric Larson's uh, Savage Dragon as being the longest. I mean, that came out in 92. Right. Granted, there's also some more issues in... Him and uh, his his artists have had the longest distinction of being... A team. The team. Right. I mean, not a single entity that has made it. Although, uh, you know, Eric Larson has didn't do one one of the issues, which kind of puts a, a, you know, little asterisk on longest mm-hmm. for, for all of them. But there's your, your nerdy uh, comic book <laughs> knowledge of longest... Running series. What is? How do you pronounce it? Usagi, Usagi, Usagi. What? The the comic book. Usagi, uh, Usagi Ojimbo. Yes, thank Ojimbo. you. Why would you think I said? No, I was just oh. I couldn't remember it. Oh. <laughs> it's not a book I read, so it's not committed to my memory banks. Last two things I want to say that I'm just fucking happy about is Nate Gray's returning. Cable's half brother. Really. AKA X Man. Yeah. From yeah. the Age of Apocalypse. Sure. Who then died because he got super powerful and then they just They'd ruined that, that yeah. book. But yeah. it was an amazing book. And then he came back again. He got better. <laughs> and then he was part of the New Mutants. And then pretty much was misplaced. I guess they just didn't want to write him anymore. But yeah. Yeah, he's lost in like space and time or something like that. I'm sure something very X-Men-y. Yeah. What's he coming back to? Does that uh, it's in Cable 152. Okay. So when he comes back, I mean, yeah. it's he's going to show up in that book. I just didn't know if it was going to have something to like. Cause Gene's... No, he's not going to have his own book. But I mean, now that he'll be reintroduced, like right. people will be like, oh, he's back. Right. Um, Lots of Grays coming back. Marvel 2 and another big people coming back, people as a a family. Most people have been talking about Marvel's two and one, which mm-hmm. both Thing and and Human Torch have been searching for where Reed and and Sue Sue could be. Yeah. So number six coming out in uh, in May, uh, the final gambit and, uh, of it, and will they find their friends or will Doom ruin everything and? Everyone has been talking about them finally coming back, and I'm hoping. I'm hoping so much. Yeah. I'm I, need, not... I need me some straight what, on. Can I? Let, so let's. Let me. I know this is a more longer conversation for another day, but what is the appeal of the Fantastic Four for you? In a short, in a very short, like we can get into this more later if you want to think about it. But Silver Surfer and Galactus. That's it? Why I had. Well, no, and. And the Inhumans. Okay. And uh, Black Panther. And they were, I mean, besides them being the team and then having their son who also with Onslaught because he made the pocket universe where Heroes Reborn happened and everything like that. And so having um, Franklin be the most powerful, one of the most powerful mutants, which they always gloss over Mm -hmm. when there's mutant tragedies and like, I'm not going to help my friends. Yeah. But regardless of all that, they are 
the pinnacle of everything that is Marvel. Right. I mean, they were the first family. They've always said that. Well, and, yeah, the, the whole Marvel timeline is based off of them. Yeah, and so they're so important that I've just loved them. Okay. And, um... That makes sense. Yeah. I just... There's me, a lot of stuff that is... Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that have happened within, you know, the X-Men books and a lot of things that happened in Avengers books, but, I mean, I don't think none of that would be here if... Fantastic Four gotcha. didn't introduce so many of these other characters and okay. better stories. You like them because of their importance to the whole universe. Yes. Not necessarily. Hence them making this whole yeah. universe right. and everything. Right. All right. And because, like I said, Galactus is one of my favorite characters and so sure. Silver Surfer. And Okay. All yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, I can go in a lot more I know. details. We, don't have, things, we but... don't have a ton of time left, so I, I just was interested. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't know. We could stay a little bit more talky and we're I mean we still got to do booze in a book uh, I also want to talk about um, the GoFundMe that's been set up for Justin Ponzer who is the colorist over at Marvel mm-hmm. um, he's hoping to raise 50000 because he has brain cancer oh my god and needs to get a tumor removed and trying to find some funds to pay for things yes. because they don't have health insurance most of them are freelancers right but yep. well, i mean he's keeping his head up i mean he tweeted out guess who's got two thumbs one kidney and is getting a plate in his Aww. head <laughs> but i mean every bit counts yeah um, the comic community is 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 very well known for having each other's back because they know of the circumstances that you you know. And the people that need the money, too, don't just ask for it unless they really need it. Right. Because otherwise it could be this and that needing this. Because right. artists, writers, you know, they don't make the greatest right. of things. I mean, we know many people that have day jobs. Yep. That I mean, now, granted, when you're working for the big two, but that doesn't mean they're in mansions and shit. Right. So right. that's something to definitely go check out. For sure. And that's on... Go, it's a GoFundMe. GoFundMe. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's that's it. For you got it. Out. Before you do booze in a book, I just want to throw out there. I read Ice Cream Man number two this week. Oh shit! Yeah, do you? I forgot that well, you had. I don't. I don't. You were gonna review it, and I don't want to fully review it. Um, I just want to throw out there that the title of this book, I think, is a title that people will look at and think, "I don't want to read this." It's titled Ice Cream Man. I want to say the last, the first issue was a monster book. This book, this issue is entirely about two people who meet and get addicted to meth and their lives as meth heads. Oh. And it's written in a way where it's almost like one fucking run on sentence because the person telling the story is on meth or heroin the entire time that she's doing this story. So it's written like somebody on drugs and the ice cream man plays a very small part in this. And he's almost like a crypt keeper type character where he doesn't, the, the story's not about him. He just happens to be there and have little influencing parts in the way the story ends. So these books are fucking dark and they're different. They're not, the first one was a monster one. This one's about, Something fucking real as hell that's going on in our world right now. Mm-hmm. And it's written beautifully. And I just have to say that if you're thrown off by the title of this book, I tell you, do not do that and fucking pick it up because it's good. And I would hate for this book to go unread because of its title. 
because it doesn't lend to thinking that it's going to be about this dark, very serious thing. And even if you read the first issue... Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? (laughs) Even if you read the first issue and you're like, that's not my bag, the second issue is very different. So I would say keep reading it if you read the first issue and didn't like it because this one was fucking... Like, I don't even want to say that it was better. It was just so different that I think if you stick with it, you'll probably end up with something that you'll like. And I also like that the name of this one is Rainbow Sprinkles. And they're literally (laughs) just naming these after different flavors of ice cream. And that's what it fucking is. These are different flavors of stories. So shout out to uh, W. Maxwell Prince on this one because the writing in this was pretty amazing so that's all i'm gonna say all right well booze in a book this week is bell beast hunter number two was gonna review it but since we're already at like the hour and a half mark of, <laughs> of recording, see how much fun we just I had know. just talking i know uh knowing that also i was gonna ramble on for quite a bit about other shit um just put it at booze in a book um <laughs> Partly want to say it wasn't a Cthulhu monster um, that we left last left off. I mean, it was a giant monster, but it wasn't Cthulhu. But sure, I mean, just a tentacle monster didn't have mental powers. It, <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't a mentacle. <laughs> also in here, it was like some weird Medusa dream. Like I didn't know. Like really, the way this one ended, it was like a what the fuck just happened for half the movie was fighting this monster, and then it blew up, and then there was a ship, which then she wakes up on, but then there was this whole other. People were turning to stone, and it was a dream. And the art and everything within this is fucking amazing. Like, having a heroine book, you can have some of those within Marvel, but then there's always the guys that show up. Like, having primarily this is the person doing everything is something that Xenoscope does amazingly. So, again, this is a a hell of a good series. It's a six-part little series is how they always do, but I can't wait to see this. Uh, person come up because they always like will then have a part two or then have them like tie tie into some other ones so I can't wait for that but pairing that with something that I had the past week which was Huns and Roses from Founders Brewery mainly because and I picked it was because again at least I knew what a rose was not a hibiscus (laughs) but this was made with honey and rose uh, tips so um, with some berries which Gave it a unique flavor, um, but since roses are a big thing with Belle, yes, thought that could pair perfectly. Of course, and she's sweet as honey. Yeah, <laughs> except for she's badass kicking right, right. monster asses. <laughs> um, that's all I have for for me this week. Yeah, I don't got anything else either. You don't have a best on tap. Oh my god, I had prepared the I one time I... I thought fucking ahead. <laughs> So I was in the comic book store this week and I actually saw a cover that I was like, fuck, that's really good. And I texted it to Tony. So, and he said, good find. So that tells me that this is our best on tap. Um, so Batman number 41 came out. <clears throat> I didn't pick it up because I'm not reading that Batman series right now. I picked now. it up, but I didn't get to read it yet. Um, but the cover was awesome and it's Poison Ivy in the background. Beautiful. And Batman hanging upside down, just fucking, like, splayed out with vines connecting to him, much as Poison Ivy does. So, it was just, it was 
it's gorgeous. The art, they show a couple pages in the inside of this book, too, and the art is gorgeous. Just, I would be happy with this artist, uh, Mikhail Janine, uh, doing any sort of, like, female form in a book, because it's just on point, and that's our best on tap this week. All right. Um, <laughs> first quote that I thought of, because I was thinking, oh, let's tie in an infinity quote. Should have put Infinity War quote. <laughs> Only in the eyes of love can you find infinity. <laughs> oh, stay thirsty for more ramblings from us. Yes. Crazy ramblings. <laughs>